Welcome to Reputation Revolution. This is the podcast where we help individuals like you to establish your voice in the marketplace, enhance the credibility of that voice, extend the reach of your story and your message, and finally, extract value from your efforts in building a meaningful personal brand that's both recognized and respected. Now, on with the show. G'day and welcome to episode 203 of the Reputation Revolution, the podcast where we help entrepreneurs and leaders build visibility, influence and trust in today's reputation economy. Today's episode, recorded on June 30, is the finale to season four. Season four kicked off in January and contains 23 episodes, including this one. All of these episodes relate in one way or another to what I see as being the four core pillars of building a successful and respected professional personal brand. Number one, establish your voice. Number two, enhance the credibility of that voice. Number three, extend the reach of your voice. And number four, extract the value from the profile and reputation, the voice you have built in the marketplace. In episode 182, we looked at how John Esperian went from an unknown B2B writer to a high-profile LinkedIn expert, and we unpacked how he built a personal brand by being what he calls relentlessly helpful. It's a ripper episode. John is big on making public promises. It's a terrific way to engendering trust with clients and customers, he says. When customers and advocates see you making public promises and then staying true to them every day. Those people are much more likely to buy from you, trust you, recommend you, um, and all good things come from that. Being consistent, having a consistent presence online is critical in John's eyes. If you want people to take you seriously, you've got to keep turning up and have the same shape to your brand so that it's easier to remember you. John's a big rap for LinkedIn. Indeed, it's been a huge driver for his professional success. If you want some help with LinkedIn, John is your go-to man. In fact, you know, he's always giving away free content about LinkedIn, great tips and hints on how to get the most out of the LinkedIn platform. But the great crazy thing about LinkedIn for, for John is that it's really helped grow his business as well. Not just his profile, but his business. People who find me through LinkedIn are are willing to pay up to 30% more than the people who find me through Google. So this episode featuring John, the interview that I had with him, is kind of like a two-parter. In part one, we unpack his personal branding journey. Again, we mention how he went from going uh, from being an unknown B2B technology writer to becoming a very high-profile LinkedIn expert and how he's successfully managed to differentiate himself from his competitors in the marketplace. Now, John's the real deal. He's a genuine, humble guy. He's not flashy, but he is credible. And I think this makes him the antithesis of many of the so-called or the self-proclaimed thought leaders we see out there on the web who are good at scoring airtime, but scratch beneath the surface and there's not a lot there. In this wide-ranging chat, John discusses why he chose to build his personal brand in the first place, He talks about his book, Content DNA, and why he wrote it. He discusses the concept of creating 
personal brand building blocks and how they helped him establish a unique tone of voice. We cover the importance of showing up and relentlessly delivering value time and time again, making public promises and staying true to them. And he discusses the 90-10 rule, spending 90% on a primary social channel and 10% on a second one. John also covers blogging and writing styles and building an email list. In part two of the interview, we take a deep dive into LinkedIn. John touches on LinkedIn's algorithm and the potential of organic visibility on the platform versus Facebook the type of content that performs best for John on LinkedIn, tips for increasing views of your LinkedIn posts, and why LinkedIn values what he calls dwell time. And I love this quote by John Asperian. Your brand identity is like a hook of a great song. Get it right and people will echo it back to you. That's an interview with John Asperian in episode 182. Check it out. In episode 183, I chatted with Sarah Macris. She's an Australian leadership communications coach about how to increase your professional value in the marketplace. Now, Sarah, having built up an impressive track record in the corporate sector, she now helps senior executives and entrepreneurs build their public profile, develop their online presence, and fast track their career and their business. We chat about a range of topics during the course of this conversation, including the two reasons why leaders and professionals don't create and publish original content, pointless posting, and this is just posting that anything for the sake of it, says Sarah, adding value through content curation, but the importance of having a point of view, utility versus leadership content, which is something I talk about often, and finding your voice through writing and why you shouldn't expect perfection straight away. Sarah once ran a fashion blog and she said, I remember reading the first post that I wrote. It was just so bad, she says. And the importance of voice coaching in building personal confidence. The stage is everywhere. Alrighty, quotable quote from Sarah. Create your own personal brand. Don't leave it to others to decide who you are. I love that. Here's a snippet of my chat with Sarah Macris. There's two reasons why people shy away from creating original content. And one of them is uh, fear of being judged. And that's a really big one. You know, I don't want to look like a show off. I don't want to appear like a self-promoter, especially in Australia. That's a big thing <laughs> with the tall poppy syndrome. But, um, and the other one is just not really being confident about what to post. So I don't know what original content to post. In episode 184, I chatted with Kath Walters, who is one of Australia's most experienced business writers and journalists. Having built a career writing for publications like Australia's preeminent and influential magazine Business Review Weekly, Kath left traditional media eight years ago to head down the content marketing path. Now, she's now the author of two books and is a book coach. She helps her thought leader clients write and release a book in 90 days. There you go, 90 days, folks. In this episode, Kath and I explore the steps of this journey and what she do does with her clients and the process and the framework she takes them through. It's a great conversation. We touch on a number of things, including why writing a book is a powerful content marketing tool, the five steps of Kath's brain to book process. So we unpack that, getting started and maintaining momentum, 
and some great success stories about what clients have been able to, to achieve and attract as a result of getting their ideas on the page and out into the real world. So Kathy's having great success, or her clients are having great success uh, by her getting the book out of their brain and onto the shelves. So if you've been thinking about writing a book for a while, a book to support your personal brand and your professional identity and career, then this episode could be just what you need to get cracking. In episode 185, I spoke to the man known as the Servant of Chaos. Fantastic name that is, Gavin Heaton. He's an Australian digital pioneer who was making a splash on the global social media scene way back in 2007 as a publisher of the groundbreaking collaborative marketing book, Age of Conversation. Gavin is the founder of the new B2B influencer marketplace, Influencer Active. In this episode of the podcast, we chat about all things personal brand influence, including what it means to be a genuine business-to-business B2B influencer, how a small engaged audience can be more influential than a large unengaged one, determining how an influencer can best benefit your business and what type of influencer should you be looking for, how to play to your strengths as a B2B influencer and actions you can take if you want to become a genuine B2B influencer. Now there's a lot of noise and heat around the whole influencer marketing space. We're talking about B2B influencers here, genuine influencers. They don't necessarily have massive audiences to be influential versus the Instagrammers who are all glammed up and they've got you know, potentially very large audiences, but are they really influential and do they work for B2B? Probably not. So Gavin really understands this space. Here's a taste. But as you start to require more authenticity or domain expertise in your product or service category, then you also need to be more targeted in the way that you approach an influencer and the type of influencer that you're going to use as part of your strategy. Jenna Sword is a launch strategist, a brand and design expert, and a course creation, and in her words, circus master. Jenna joined me to discuss how to create and launch a course, membership or group coaching program in under 60 days. This episode fits fairly and squarely under the extract the value from your voice, which is the commercialization of the personal brand and the reputation that you have built in the marketplace. In this interview with Jenna, we talk about Jenna's journey from senior graphic designer at Nike to full-time course creation and branding expert. We chat about the essential questions to ask when considering whether it's time to launch an online course and then how to create a win-win environment when your ideal client is telling you exactly what they need throughout the course creation process. It's this process that I think will knock your socks off. Um, it's a little bit different thinking than what you may have read uh, in, in a lot of these articles about course creation and marketing. 
Uh, Jenna also talks about how to avoid course creation analysis paralysis, and she busts the myths that hold people back from creating an online course program or membership. So when we're talking courses, we're also talking about maybe about group coaching programs, which I know a lot of people, a lot of listeners uh, have created in the past, or membership groups and communities. Um, there's a lot that's wrapped up in this side of the business. So beta testing in the course world means that instead of you spending a million years going and creating a course that nobody wants, that you build a little bit, you test it, you ask for the sale. Most people in the industry do the opposite. They ask for the sale up front when they have no rapport with anyone. They only get a handful of sales. They don't understand why. And it's because they're leading with the thing that is the hardest part to get through. Why would a stranger whip out their credit card for you when you have no proof that your stuff works, that you have no idea what you're doing? It's a much easier ask to get people to come in and say, hey, I'm new, you're new come, you know, try out my course, give me some feedback. Did you like it? Give me some testimonials. Do you want to continue on this journey? Pay me. <laughs> like it's a very, very simple process. Episode 187, The Building Blocks of Thought Leadership Marketing with Andy Crestadina is a ripper and one of our most popular episodes. Andy is co-founder and chief marketing officer of Orbit Media Studios in Chicago, and he is a digital guru, a digital marketing guru, and I don't say that lightly. Andy has been in the web design and interactive marketing space for 21 years, and in that time, he has helped thousands of people to do a better job getting results online. He's a true evangelist for content marketing and ethical digital marketing. Let's face it, there are a lot of self-proclaimed experts in the digital marketing space, but I can tell you for sure, Andy is the real deal. And we had a terrific conversation. Uh, we looked at the building blocks of thought leadership marketing, which is a really, really interesting, um, I guess, view of how to build a thought leader brand. We looked at the differences between a content marketer and a thought leader, and there's more than you think. We looked at blogging as a powerful thought leadership marketing tool in 2021. Yes, blogging. Blogging is not dead. And uh, I think if you listen to this chat with Andy, you will uh, agree after that. Uh, we, we, we look at Andy's suggestions on optimizing SEO for personal branding, including how to outrank negative media in case there's some nasty stuff about you online. Plus, Andy unpacks the state of blogging. This is a report that he's created. It's the seventh annual blogging survey that he, is, he has done in conjunction with his business, Orbit Media Studios. And if you want to know, understand the, the state of blogging globally, um, it's a really great report to uh, get your teeth into, but we, we cover this as well. So if you've ever thought about about what thought leadership is and how to extend your personal brand and reach as a thought leader, or you simply love following thought leaders and getting value from their content, I think you'll find this conversation with Andy Crestadina super, super interesting. We asked, I think, 380 marketers what thought leadership marketing is, what it means, what kind of content, what kind of people. And it was very interesting. Uh, the current definitions, even like Wikipedia, not very comprehensive. But after we asked those questions and we got to what uh, is at the heart of thought leadership, uh, a lot of it has to do with not just being helpful, but taking a stand. Uh, people who publish strong opinions 
uh, people who potentially even embrace controversy, people who give you a feeling, not just information, but a feeling like they're the inspiring at a conference, they're the keynote, right? I'm a teacher. I'm not a thought leader. I'm just, I teach things. My content is all instructional and, and educational, but thought leaders are different because they will say what they believe, what they're for, what they're against. They'll plant a flag and draw a line in the sand. So I think we should start there as that being the difference between a normal content marketer and a thought leader. And he also had some great tips around getting the most out of LinkedIn. Polish, please polish your LinkedIn profile to perfection. Make it sparkle. The headshot, the title, the headline, the description, the education, or the, uh, the professional experience descriptions, the top three endorsable skills, three or five good recommendations. Like, just work on it for 10 minutes a day for the next couple of weeks. It will make a permanent difference in the perception of your personal brand. You'll never backslide. It'll be better forever for everything, right? Episode 188 of the podcast in season four. It's all about video, video, video with our expert guest, Jonathan Creek. Jonathan is an award-winning investigative journalist turned viral video expert and author of the recently released book, Like, Comment, Share, Buy, The Beginner's Guide to Marketing Your Business with Video Storytelling. He's also a founder of the digital marketing agency, Virable. In this conversation with Jonathan, we covered host of things, we explored which is better, long-form or short-form videos, and the answer might be different to what you think. The formula for creating shareable videos that people connect with, Jonathan unpacked that for us. He talked about what he calls the spread factor, why videos go viral, and he also articulated and unpacked and dissected and told us all about his favourite storytelling framework and what's involved with that. Why corporate videos are boring from someone who makes them. That were made for fantastic listening. And he also provided some expert tips for creating video content that grabs people's attention and creates connection. It, this was a jam-packed conversation on how to use video more effectively to build your personal brand and develop a thought leadership positioning in the marketplace. That's 188 with Jonathan Creek. Here's a little snippet. If you have a phone in your pocket, you have more than enough. Yeah. Focus more on the substance. Focus more on that viewer journey from how do you grab their attention, how do you get them over the hurdle to connect with you, and then how do you hijack their attention so it puts the blocks up. Now, when I'm talking about putting up those blocks, anyone who has kids will understand me that if you've got your kids and they need to be somewhere and you're just about to pile them into the car and you say, hey, kids, go get yourselves ready We've got to leave in five minutes and you come back three minutes later and they're still sitting there either in front of the television or on their iPads like little zombies. And then you raise your voice a bit and you go, Hey, I told you to go get ready. We're going to leave in two minutes. And they give you that look. And that look is, what are you yelling at me for? That's the first time I've even heard you mention this. It's because the first time when you came around, their brain had blocked them off. The distractions were built out, gone. So you can no longer yell at your kids for not getting ready on time if they've got a device in their hands because their brain has locked them out because they're engaged in a story. And that's what you need to do with your business, particularly on platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. You need to lock people in because very rarely do you just get the screen with the video. You've got all this other noise around the screen. And so you have to block, put, you have to put the viewer's brain in a position where it blocks out all the distractions. 
If my interview with Jonathan Creek was all about video, then in the next episode, 189, I chatted with Kelly Reardon, who's one of Australia's leading podcast strategists, and we dived straight into everything audio on demand. Lots of creative stuff happening in this space. Kelly is the founding producer of Australia's most downloaded podcast, Conversations, and as the creative lead of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's podcast team, she oversaw the creation of more than 30 of the country's best-known shows. So she knows a thing or two about this audio gig. Um, today, Kelly is the founder of Deadset Studios, a consultancy specialising in audio strategy, podcast production, and branded storytelling. Now, we chatted across everything you could possibly know about audio, not just podcasting, but and podcasting strategy and how great storytelling works in this medium. But we also went on to talk about trends in audio. Some of the topics we discussed, uh, Kelly's experiences uh, in the early days of podcasting, really interesting to hear what, what was going on in the early days versus today where it's a, it's a lot more of a, a mature market, should we say. The steps for a solid foundation that you should be taking before you start a podcast, lots, lots to do in the planning stages, the different formats that podcasters are using currently. Um, Kelly talked about podcasting or what she calls podcasting 3.0 and innovations for creating and sharing audio content today. Uh, we discussed podcasting strategies for engaging listeners quickly and then producing a great show, what's involved in that. And what I really love too, we chatted a fair bit about respecting your audience's time by creating something that's worth their time and full attention. And we we finalised, finally got around to uh, what are some ways that you can leverage your audio content. So if you need help in making a great podcast or devising an audio strategy, uh, I think you'll get a lot out of this episode with Kelly Reardon. Uh, here's just a taste of what we discussed. Don't set out to do a podcast 52 weeks of the year if you're going to run out of steam at episode four. Maybe you should just do, just aim for one series of 10 episodes and, and plan that 10 episodes out because you find efficiencies in production then if you're just sort of doing that. You can sort of bulk up your recording phase and you can send things to an editor in one bulk instead of week by week. So, Start with something containable for you. You don't, everyone doesn't have the resource of a big media outfit behind them. So just look at what's doable for you and how much time you really have and, and how much you need to partner with other experts, a sound engineer or a producer or something like that. And, and just do that. And if that works and it's sustainable, do another 10. Um, but I think too many people start without thinking about what the end game is. Sound advice from Kelly Reardon. Now, in episode 190, we hosted, we played host to the effervescent, effervescent, that's a, not the word I should be saying, uh, in the morning as I'm recording this, May King Sang. And May King is also known as at May King T. She is the UK-based queen of FOMO marketing. She is a FOMO creator a social media correspondent, and a professional live tweeter. May King's speciality is to bridge the gap between social media and PR by helping to sell out conferences, workshops, festivals, launches, speaking gigs, and summits by creating excitement beyond the four walls. She works for conference organisers, but also the keynote speakers and the thought leaders who need to generate extra buzz 
from their appearances. In this chat with May King, we, we talked about what FOMO marketing is. I needed to know, um, as did as did our listeners. It's, a, it's an interesting concept. Uh, May King's personal branding story, transitioning from a tea influencer and a, get this, tea note speaker, the puns just keep on coming, to FOMO marketing expert. We chatted about converting lurkers to buyers, something that's a, a massive issue if you're trying to sell and build your brand via online channels. How to create FOMO for your personal brand every time you attend an event. And we also unpacked what you're creating every time you respond to a question or comment in the socials. That was very interesting with what May King had to say about that. And finally, we chatted, discussed everything about the value of having a social media correspondent on board for your next event. Here's a sample. As May King says, it's all about the buzz. If you've got a community already and they're lurking and they're not quite sure whether to buy from you, you're creating that buzz and excitement. You're letting them know about what impact you have made on your existing clients and so on. And so if they don't buy, then they're missing out. And that's what FOMO is all about. So I create that buzz and excitement on behalf of my clients. And she had some great advice about reaching people who are lurking in the social shadows and how to draw them into your conversation and into your world. You're creating content for the lurkers. If you engage with people, you, you know, and I know, uh, Trevor, when you're replying to someone on Instagram, on Facebook, you might be tagging someone and talking to that person, but you're actually talking to the people who are lurking. It's like being in that party, right? Trevor, you've been to a party, right? Haven't you? Once or twice. <laughs> Once or twice, right. And you remember when you were talking to somebody and there was a circle around you and they're all listening, waiting for their opportunity to interject with their words of wisdom. And that effectively is creating content for the lurkers. When you're responding to somebody on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you're yeah. effectively creating content for the lurkers. So if you, as a sponsor or a speaker, are engaging with people, as well as speaking or as well as sponsoring then or hiring someone to do that on your behalf, of course, because you're actually speaking and sponsoring, then you're actually maximizing your time at that conference. And lastly, before we wrap up this part one of season four finale episode, which I'm taking you a skate through the, the, uh, the episodes that we did have with a few snippets, as you, you've heard, We've got a few more to come yet, but the last one for this one was episode 191. It was all about thought leadership marketing and doing the deep work with Lacey Boggs. Lacey is the founder and director of the Content Direction Agency, which provides content marketing strategy and writing services for personality-driven businesses and brands. We discussed the concept of thought leadership marketing and why it's really, really important for business leaders to make the time and space to do the deep work, to think things through, to actually tease out good ideas and bring them to life in the real world. Lacey and I covered the power of long-form content how it can help business leaders become better known and more trusted in the marketplace. Our business leaders can use thought leadership marketing to influence the conversation with their, within their industry. And 
the importance of being strategic about what leaders can outsource versus the big ideas that can only come through them if they want to be valued as a thought leader. You can't outsource your thought leadership, in other words. You need to understand what can you put out there and get others to help you with uh, in terms of you know assistance with time and expertise, but the big ideas, the, the big thinking has to come from the thought leader. If you want to improve your leadership marketing and increase your value as a thought leader in your industry, start with making time to listen to this conversation I had with Lacey. Here's a sample. I would say that for most of our clients, they're still very much participating in the process, meaning that uh, a lot of times the writer will come in and interview them and get their thoughts on on whatever the topic is and then turn it into something polished and ready to go on the website. But you know, occasionally you come across somebody who's like, I just need you to come up with the ideas. And there is a limit to what a writer can do. That's not in your brain. That's not uh, in your business. That's not the CEO of the company. I think that I've, I can't really even think of an example where somebody's come in and be like, be my thought leader. (laughs) But um, the reason I wrote that article was more to remind people that that is your job as the visionary, as the CEO, is to have those big thoughts. And and therefore, yeah. a lot of times it's, it falls off our to-do list, especially if you're not a big business, if you're still doing mm-hmm. some of the client work, or if you're still, you know, maybe you're in sales or marketing, you're just still doing some part of the main operations of the business. It's very yeah. easy for that visionary work to fall off the to-do list, right? Well, there you have it, folks. Hope you've enjoyed part A of our summary of season four in this part one of our finale uh it's just the the episode that just keeps on going uh next week i'll have the rest of the episodes uh for that uh season for season four uh so if you're interested in sort of playing a bit of catch up with some of the episodes that you may have missed this is a good way to get some little snippets along the way to get a feel for some of the the terrific uh experts and the the guest thought leaders we've had on the show and so you can say oh i might go back to that that episode that that person sounds quite interesting and of course by putting some of their snippets in as well there's a little bit of gold being dropped right there so uh until next week Thanks for joining us here on the Reputation Revolution podcast. The reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories and ideas. Are you in? 